Welcome to Hearts and Stripes, your one-stop shop for all things military marriage. I hope our discussions and interviews equip you with the tools to start or grow a beautiful marriage as we address the benefits and challenges of military marriage. I believe life's most precious moments are worth celebrating, so I'll help you design your marriage blueprint in alignment with your core values. Thank you for joining us, and remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Let's do this. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Hearts and Stripes podcast. I am your host, Bree Carroll, and I am so excited to chat with you today. Welcome to another Heart to Heart. Um, I'm just really ready for this episode because I know personally it is going to benefit me and my spouse's life. And I get to talk to a really good friend, mill spouse of mine, all about nutrition. So we have the privilege of chatting with the one and only Heather Campbell. She is a registered dietitian, speaker, and the owner of Glory Nutrition. I mentioned that she is a military spouse and mom of three. And what I'm really excited for her to share with this audience is that she is passionate about leading others to finding enjoyment and pride and how they fuel their lives. So this will apply to your personal health and wellness, and it will also apply to help strengthen your marriage, which is what we are all about right here at Hearts and Stripes podcast. This is exciting, similar to you and your passion for military marriages. Like I love what I do. And so I'm just so excited to like encourage other people and to bring them on board and, and share what I've learned and, you know, give them something that they can carry forward and and better their lives and better their marriages with. So this is exciting. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for being on hearts and stripes podcast. We are so excited to chat with you and just dive in. Um, I feel like I'm just talking to another one of my male spouse friends, getting all the goodness when it comes to nutrition. So let's go ahead and start. I would love to hear about your military marriage story. Um, walk us through kind of what that looks like, how you guys met and just some, some feedback or some tips that you've learned along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like everybody's marriage story is so unique in the things that you learn, especially as military spouses, right? Like we have these twists and turns. And the more you talk to more military spouses, you find that actually we all have these weird twists and turns, (laughs) you know, of things that you're like, I didn't actually think about this part, but this is now a part of it, you know? And and so these these ways that it twists and turns. But, um, I met my husband when I was in graduate school. So I went from undergrad straight into a doctoral program, which I wow. did not know you could do. I applied for the master's program and the doctoral uh, director called me and said, would you like to do a PhD instead? We'll pay for it. And I was like, yes, I yes. would. That's, <laughs> that sounds great. So I moved a thousand miles away from home. I lived in this apartment by myself, no roommate, no, you know, family in town, nobody. And I met a dietitian and her husband got to be very good friends with them. And they started after about a year of, uh, I guess I had known them for about six months. They started chirping in my ear about this guy, right? Like this guy, they know that they think, Oh, you, you grew up military. Like, Oh, you've dated a, a you know, a military guy before. Like, 
we know this military guy, you know? And I was like, he's going <laughs> to be in Biloxi. I was in Birmingham. I was like, he's in Biloxi five hours away. He was finishing undergrad at the Air Force Academy. So here I am in this doctoral program that has four or five years left. And they're trying to link me up with this guy who's five hours away. And uh, I was like, I'm not interested. And he was finishing undergrad and said, I'm about to start my career. I'm, I'm not interested. And he was going to be passing through town after graduation on his way home. He's from Orlando. And mm -hmm. so finally, after months and months of this, um, the, the friend's husband and my now husband have been best friends since they were six. So, okay, there okay. we go. Okay. So they, uh, basically end up they're, they're just not letting it go. And we said, okay, you're going to be passing through the four of us are going to hang out. Let's get to know each other so that when you come through, it's not weird. Our friends will get off our back. And, and we'll leave it at that. Um, and a year later we were engaged. Look so at that. <laughs> Look at that. Your friends yeah. knew that was awesome. My friends knew. Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting to, um, date our, our courtship and our dating obviously was long distance the whole time, which is mm -hmm. not uncommon for military, but right. it also took a different path than what we both had had in relationships before. So, mm. um, we are both late, I guess I, I was saved. We're Christian. So I was saved when I was a kid and sort of fell off the bandwagon and then, you know, got back on the bandwagon and, and sort of got my life back together. God pulled me out of the depths and was like, this is not who you are. Get it together. Yeah. girlfriend. Yes. Let's, let's get you straightened out. So entering into a relationship that has overnight stays and striving for celibacy when you've had relationships in the past that were not celibate is very, very difficult. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of um, difficult, just difficulty, a lot of stress that comes into that relationship that wouldn't have been there if we were in the same city and could go home to our own homes or right. um, not striving for celibacy would have been much, much easier, easier. Right. But I, I like that you are being so transparent because that is a real issue, especially for our believers that are listening to the show. Um, know that you are not alone in that struggle and trying to navigate that. I love that you are being a light and sharing that. And I love that you guys still were able to work through it. So, so how did you navigate that exactly? So we failed a lot. We, we did not <laughs> succeed. However, every time something would happen or, you know, we would just slip up, we wouldn't say, oh, well, I guess that's that, you know, I, yeah. I guess that's that, you know, we, we continue to strive for purity and, and to have a different, um, direction in our marriage. So that, that or in our relationship. So then as we got engaged, um, right before we got engaged, my father-in-law passed away. He was terminally mm -hmm. ill the whole time that we were dating. So that was a focus in our relationship. All of our spare time went, went home, right? We went yeah. to his family and we went to go see dad. So he passed away. We got engaged. We found out on the day of, so when we got engaged back up. He passed away mm -hmm. in hindsight, when my husband was going to propose, he put off the engagement and he was now in Panama city. So he's four hours away. I went down on Thursday night, every night I got there at 11. I stayed until Monday morning and would get up at 5.00 AM and drive back to Birmingham to do my work. So I was living part-time in Panama city and part-time in Birmingham. Yes. And we're both mourning. It was the one year anniversary of my college roommate passing away. So it was just a really, really hard. It was season. heavy. Yeah. It was heavy. So a lot of failed celibacy there. And so we get engaged and we're like, okay, for real, get our act for together. real. For <laughs> yes. Real. Like we're about to be married. We need I'm to cheering for this story. Yes. <laughs> 
So um, fast forward about a month, the day of our engagement pictures. So exciting. It's our one year anniversary of dating. It's our engagement pictures, like this really magical day. Right. Um, and I found out right before pictures that I was pregnant. Wow. And I did not tell my fiance until okay. after pictures. So I was a disaster. I was a wreck. Here we are, these, these young professionals. And, you know, in general, he's got a great career. I've got a career. We're grownups. We've just bought a house. We're waiting to close on the house. We have all of these things going. But for us, this was such a personal goal that we worked so hard on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that it really felt like a gut punch of, gosh, like, why are we being punished? Right. So, so that sort of steered the narrative from then on. So we, we got married, um, we did a, a courthouse ceremony and then ha had our big ceremony. Our families happened to be meeting in Panama city to plan the wedding for the next summer. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. Town. Like, well, Hey, I need, I need insurance. I accepted this grant funded position that doesn't have insurance. Baby and I need insurance. Our family's mm -hmm. all going to be here. Like, why not? This is married. a perfect time. See, I like, love the way you guys think we'd so messed that up. We had everybody there and didn't do it then. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, we're like, well, everybody's here. So we got married at the courthouse and we had this beautiful sunset dinner at a restaurant. Yes, on the beach I love that. It, it was wonderful and very intimate with about two dozen people of just our nearest and dearest. And then we had the big party. But then when the right. big party happened, I wasn't worried Correct. about centerpieces and bouquets because I was like, look, we got a house. We're married. We got a baby on the way. Let's just have a party. My father-in-law just died. We need some fun, right? Fun, so yes. Let's, let's celebrate that. So it took the the pressure off of worrying about this wedding and being like, look, we just want to celebrate with our, our friends. So as we moved forward, we obviously we had our baby in our first year of our marriage and he came three and a half weeks early. So it took us a while to get on the bandwagon for being parents. And then he showed up early. Yeah. Um, so like, we're like, okay, well, we weren't prepared for that. Fast forward our one year anniversary. So exciting. I was pregnant again. <laughs> like Heather, I love you so much because our stories are so similar and it's hilarious. I, I so I take the test. I, I wake up sick and I thought I was hung over and I, I had a, we had friends over for dinner and I had, you know, a bottle of wine and I was like, man, like, I just don't feel no, I was not hung over. Um, it was a hangover no. that didn't end, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, morning sickness. And, welcome. Yeah. Morning. <laughs> I do evening, not miss you. <laughs> nighttime sickness. Yeah, it was bad. So I, I took the test and I look, you know, it's positive. And I hit my husband. I was like, will you stop doing this to me? And he goes, you just can't resist me. I'm like, oh Lord, like just, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so then during our second pregnancy, um, we opted in for a deployment because it was to a safe location. It was to Aludeed. So our name was ticking up right on that, on that roster, it's your turn. And mm -hmm. he was in a position where he was kind of invisible to the, the deployment gods, right? Like he's not going to get picked up in this position. Mm -hmm. um, but we were due to PCS, which means his name, we're going to be in a new location and his name's at the top of the list. So we decided let's, let's do deployment while we're here, while we have support, while right. we're familiar, choose a place that we feel comfortable for you going. And and go from there. But that also meant that fast forward, I had two kids under two. We are in the middle of flipping a house. I was working full-time. I was also teaching part-time at Florida state university and my husband's deploying and we have no family in town. We obviously had babies right away. So none of our friends have babies yet. Yes. We, we don't have any peers with kids. Um, we had these mentors in that season of, of living in Panama city of father-in-law and, and babies and, and all of these things who pretty much 
like just forced love dust. They're like, hi, we're going to invest in your marriage. We're going to mentor uh-huh. you guys. We're going to bring you under our wing. We're going to meet at 530. The guys met at 530 once a week for prayer and Bible study. And they, they said, we know where you are and this is going to be hard and you need mentorship and intentional discipleship. Oh, right. So I love this so much spoke so much truth into our marriage and really held us accountable to a lot of difficult conversations. And through that, we get on the backside of deployment. I just, I didn't decide as my husband was preparing to deploy, he said, okay, here's the deal. You can't do all of this and work 50 hours a week. You have to quit your job to which I've already quit. I left my PhD program to mm-hmm. get married. So I've already walked away from a full ride PhD to take this crappy hospital job in this beach town. And now I'm quitting my crappy hospital job to be a stay at home <laughs> mom of two babies. Like, yeah, this is not where I saw my life going at all. Right. And I feel like that's that common narrative as military spouses. Like, yeah, it is. This is not what I thought this was going to be like when I fell in love with this man and decided I wanted to share our life together. I did not think that it meant this much sacrifice for me. Right. 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 I just get to follow him around and look at him in his uniform. Like this is going to be fun. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was not not my experience. So now I've left this graduate program Mm -hmm. for these babies that we didn't plan. And now I'm home with these kids. My husband's not even here. And it was a really hard season. And, And then we, we PCS, we, we relocated, um, we asked for Europe and they said, how about Ileson? Which if Yay. you don't know, <laughs> Ileson is a hundred miles from the Arctic circle. Um, so we were on the beach in Panama city and I was like, oh, oh boy, where I'm sorry. Like I left grad school to go marry this man and live on the beach. Right. Like I did not sign up for babies in the Arctic. Like this is not. What oh I my. <laughs> so we get up there and it's dark and it's cold. And I get pregnant with our third. And so we had three and three and a half years. And right after she was born, my husband entered this rotating TDY schedule where he was gone for a week and home for a week and gone for a week and home for a week. And that revolving door of inconsistency when you have three little ones was a nightmare. Oh yes. There weren't jobs for me. There was one full-time job in town or there was nothing. So and the town was 45 minutes away. So I was not working. So now I'm full-time stay-at-home mom of these three babies. And uh, in that season, our community became vital. And if anybody gets a chance to go to Ileson, I would absolutely recommend it. It's beautiful. It's like nowhere else. Um, We're actually going back in June. Oh, okay. uh, Which we did not ask for, but they're like, Hey, you're going back. And we're like, all right, we'll take it. I like, guess. <laughs> okay. That's where we're going. But the community there has this mentality of we're all in it together and we're going to pour into each other and we're going to mentor each other. And one of my very dear friends, Kenita Williams is there. And we yes. met when I was first there and, you know, she just took me under her wing and she's like, no girlfriend, like, we're, you know? And so again, God continued to put people in our lives, in our marriages and, and in our community that, that sort of forced their way in and was like, no, we're, we're going to love on you. Yes. So we, in my third pregnancy, I was very, very sick. I was in and out of the hospital. So that season in Alaska, we really stepped into being parents. We mm. had other friends who were parents, which was a huge blessing, but we still were like in this fire hose season. We, we say our first five years of marriage, we, we got fire hosed, right? We flipped a house. We had a deployment. We had three babies. We had a death of a parent. Um, like those PCS are some major things, major yeah, all things. Of those things in and of themselves are huge stressors on a marriage, a career change for me. Like, correct. 
all of those things are huge stressors. So we were in this survival mode, right. Of just, just surviving. And then we got to Montgomery where we are now we're at Maxwell in 2018. And that was a really, really bad year for us. Mm. Um, that was probably, you know, in all of the craziness, that was our worst year in our relationship as, as right. a marriage, as, as a couple, as a team, because of things that had happened and because we were in this survival mode and we, you know, we were talking about it when we were preparing for me to come talk to you tonight and yeah. saying, we were in this boat, this boat together. And we had so many holes in the boat that we're just patching it up. And we had water leaking in everywhere. And we had people plugging holes for us that we didn't even know. Right. We, we had people holding this boat together for us. And then we relocate and we don't have this community anymore. And we're not in survival mm-hmm. mode anymore. We, we have kids and not babies. And so all of a sudden we're stable, you know, as far as surviving, we're stable. And then we look around and there's water coming in the boat. Like, yeah, what are we doing? And so 2018, we really, really had to, to kind of address the boat and, and address these leaks and these holes and say, okay, we need to decide if we're going to stay in this boat and we're going to patch this, or are we going to abandon ship? Like we, mm-hmm. Because it's very clearly going down. We can't keep doing what it's doing. So we, right. we have to make a decision of, you know, are we going to patch this boat or are we getting out of the boat? Um, so we stayed in the boat. <laughs> We're still married. Yes, yeah, stay in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it took some intentional and, and difficult conversations. But now we've gone in the last two and a half years from a, a season in our marriage of surviving, surviving mm-hmm. the kids and the deployment and the relocation and all of the things to really thriving. And we yes. really want to what do I need to feel fulfilled outside of our marriage? Right. Mm-hmm. And within our marriage, what does he need? What support does he need for me? We're no longer just dealing with three kids under four and, and teething and, and ear tubes and, and all of the things. And now like we're stable. So we're able to sort of look outside of ourselves past the yeah. end of our nose and see what do we need to really start nourishing ourselves to really help this thing thrive and not survive? What yes. do we need? And so that kind of has been my, my journey as a military spouse. And it's been interesting. Had I not been a stay at home mom and mm-hmm. an unwilling, unwilling, <laughs> right. unwilling stay at home mom, um, you know, cause I was in a doctoral program. Like I'm very clearly a career woman who has this passion and has this purpose. Right. So trying to find identity and purpose when you know what it is and you can't Yes. Lit, and you're in this season of, of wait, right. Where, where God just tells you to wait. And I'm like, okay, God, I can wait, but can you like, am I waiting for like three <laughs> right. years or is it like seven years? Like, can we just have a timeline? Right. On can I speed this up on my own? Like what, yeah. what do we need to do here? Or like, I, have, I really have an, a great idea about how I think that this should go. Like if you could come to the table, God, and just hear me out like, I think you might be on board, right? But yeah. he, of course, had a plan and and it's way better than what mine was. But had I not been in this season of being a stay-at-home mom, I would have not connected with my fellow military spouses as much. I would have not seen the untapped potential. You talked about this in that webinar you had the other day, this yes. untapped potential in military spouses of these educated, driven, sacrificing men and women who are willing to step up and just be seen and be used. And I would have never noticed that. Um, And I would have never been passionate about other young moms who are struggling and trying to balance it all and are just getting fire hosed and can't get their feet under them. I would have never even seen them. Yeah. Heather, I absolutely love your story. And I, and I love how you share it. And for anyone who's listening, let me help 
unpack some of what Heather was saying in her story. She started off pursuing purity and felt like she'd failed. They had children that they were all unexpected. All of mine were unexpected too. Like we're here. They're here just the same. They're here just the same. And you get thrusted into parenthood, which you're like, but Lord, I didn't ask for that either. And then you're getting thrown for you. I love this for you. You ended up stepping away from the doctoral program and the career for me. Similarly, I had to take the downgrade um, as we moved. And, And I think your story just really highlights that boat. I love that picture of you are in survival mode, just trying to deal with all the things. And like you said, those are some really heavy and big things that some people don't have to experience together for 10 years. But because of this military lifestyle, right? we get the, we get the privilege, privilege. of mm-hmm. doing it and, and, and experiencing all those things in such a short time. And it really takes a toll. It took a toll on your boat. And I love how you said you had that community around you and they were plugging holes that you didn't even know were there. So for anyone that's listening, please hear that one, um, perfection is not something that you necessarily, you can try to strive for the mark, but we, as we're humans, we're flesh and blood, we are going to fall short. Um, And there is grace in that. If you are a parent and maybe the child was unexpected and you feel some mom guilt because you're not just that glowing friend who's like super excited to be pregnant. That was me as well. I was not excited. I was not excited. I was not excited to be a parent. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I was very unsure of myself. And I was, like you said, career driven for anyone like that. Please know you're not alone. It is okay to figure it out and, and be the, the parent the way you need to work through that mentally in prayer to be the, the parent that you were designed to be. You don't have to be like anyone else as you see them walking through a pregnancy or those early stages of motherhood. And, and I hope that's freeing to someone because mom guilt is a real thing and can also in, in impact your marriage. And then I love how you bring it all home to say, now that you're out of survival mode, you have to deal with the boat. (laughs) And that, that is, that is a real thing. If we keep our boat unmaintained and unchecked, we'll get to a point and, and, and see that, wow, we really were in survival mode. I think oftentimes we're moving so fast, we don't even realize it. And then there are things that are unmet needs and and habits that were formed because we're in survival mode. But I love that you said um, to be intentional, to to also be aware of that community that you have around you. And I think your story is not a think in it. Your story absolutely ties to your purpose and that passion that you now have for your purpose in the way that you're able to serve people the way you do. And I, and as much as I love the story, it's like, oh, I don't, I wish people didn't have to go through that, but there is such a beauty in the scars and in the scrapes that we get along the way to where we are better positioned to serve people. So Heather, thank you so much for enduring, for going through 
and just being so transparent with your marriage story. But I want to talk about some of this good stuff, what's on the other side of that, now that you are in a place where you are utilizing a lot of those those things that you started off doing, you had to put to the side for a little bit. You said right. God had you wait. Let's talk about now where you are um, with your business as the owner of Glory Nutrition and, and just how you serve families now. Yes. Okay. So through that journey of, of you know, becoming a, a stay-at-home mom and then consulting and, and sort of stepping out, um, I, I started with free volunteering, first of all, volunteering, honing my skills. Interesting fact for anybody who's listening is in a season of unpaid work, your CV does not have to say unpaid position. Right. So you can write things in your CV that don't show a gap. Yep. That don't have to say you were a volunteer. So I have a gap in employment where it says consultant dietitian. And it does not say that I volunteered my time left and right all over Ielson to get my skills. Right? It does <laughs> I not love it. say that because it doesn't have to say that because that skill that you're practicing and those, um, you know, those experiences that you're getting are still valuable. So if there's any military spouses or first responder spouses who are listening and have gone through a season of not doing the thing, right? You you can totally still use your your skills as a multitasker, like your skill. God, if anybody can run a house, like you can be anybody's executive assistant. If you can be a stay-at-home mom, like you can, you can manage any economy, right? So absolutely. with that, as I branched out, I did more and more nutrition and then people were asking me to do stuff. And then I realized that people would pay me to do the things I was doing for free. And, and then it kind of evolved from there into now having my full private practice, glory nutrition. Um, so I named my practice after a Bible verse. It's first Corinthians 10, 30. So um, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And the reason I chose that verse is because if we are enjoying what we're doing, if we're taking care of our body, right. As if as our body is creation and, and we're honoring our, our desires and we're honoring um, our, our cravings, but we're also being respectful and, and being healthy and, and taking care of it. And we're giving that glory to God. Then it really frees us up to not worry about if we're doing keto or whole 30 or carbs or whatever, right. It's doing what you can to honor your body and to honor God. So, so that's the, the reason behind that. It was titled glory nutrition, but also on a more, you know, Webster's dictionary level, um, glory means to take pride or great pleasure in Mm. and nutrition is the act of nourishing yourself, of fueling your body, fueling your lifestyle. So glory nutrition, my purpose is to help people find the pleasure in fueling their lives and whatever that looks like. Um, and it's different for everybody and everybody's circumstance and different things that you're struggling with are different. A lot of people don't know, you know, I, I have a a rather thin frame and I was a cheerleader in college. So I did all, all the stuff. Right. But I'm also the super nerdy scientist who like at one time I, I (laughs) (laughs) researched, I, I sequenced a section of DNA and published it. Okay. Like super, impressive. Yes. Super nerd. Okay. But also I had heart surgery in 2018. Like People don't know that. So when I talk about going to the gym, when I talk about how important it is to me, that comes from like, I had heart surgery. You, okay. So I have right. to take care of my body and, and I married an offensive lineman. He's a giant human being and we have giant <laughs> children and I'm this small woman and I have these, you know, 99th percentile kids. It's not fair that my six-year-old weighs half of my body weight. That's not his fault. 
He still right. needs a mom who can pick him up because he's six. Okay. But I can't pick him up if I'm not hitting the gym and lifting some weights. Okay. Cause I'm not picking up 70 pounds. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, that's what I do with, with glory nutrition is help people find what their purpose is. What is that thing that you're striving for? For me, I'm striving to keep my heart healthy and to be able to pick up my kids when they need their mom. Mm. That's my purpose behind feeding my body well behind exercising. Um, and when I talk with clients about what they're looking for in a dietitian, Oh, I, I want to lose 10 pounds. I say, why? Why 10 pounds? What makes you choose? That's this it. 10 yeah. The why okay, is it? a mm-hmm. What, what makes you choose this, this poundage or this dress size or this jean size. And we get down to things like, well, I want to feel healthy and be a good example for my kids. Okay. All right, mom. Now we're talking, this is something I can work with, right? right? But being healthy and being a good example for your family has nothing to do with the clothes that you are wearing. Okay? Very true. Very um, true. So, and, and I saw, I just saw yesterday that the air force has, um, permanently gotten rid of the waste. Yes. Yes. I saw that. I was like, yes, that is awesome because you, you're absolutely right. I think society paints this picture for us that Mm -hmm. says this dress size, this, um, this weight is acceptable this waist measurement is acceptable. And and that doesn't necessarily have to do with your health. There are more slim framed people who are more unhealthy than some people who are bigger in frame. And, and I love that you break that down. I love, love, love this, the backstory, the why behind glory nutrition. And I, I really think in, in how you serve people, it's also a, a huge mindset shift when people yes. can understand that purpose behind why they are going to fuel their body, the way they fuel it, when they take uh, consideration of this is the only temple that we have, this is the only right. body that we have in order for each of us to individually serve our purpose, we have to take care of our body. So I absolutely love this. I love how you are showing people how to nourish themselves, but give us some practical tips that we can apply to better nourish ourselves, our spouses, our family, um, and can live a better life. Absolutely. So, um, one of the things I I talk with people a lot, if you remember, you know, from when we were in school more years ago than we're going to talk about, (laughs) The, the my pyramid thing. Do you remember that with like the yes. levels and the blocks? And then they made it into like slices in a pyramid. It was awful. It was this awful was visual bad. aid that you can't use at all. They've redone it. I wish I had it handy. I should have grabbed it, but they've redone it into a my plate. And it's a visual oh. that you can use no matter if you eat more Latin American food, Asian food, gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian. It does not matter. I'm from Nebraska. So I'm a meat and potatoes girl myself, but <laughs> When you look at your plate, half of it should be fruits and vegetables at any given meal. And the other half is shared between your protein source and your grain. So Mm. for breakfast, that could be something like, um, oatmeal with peanut butter mixed in and you make the oatmeal with milk or, or, um, soy milk would be another high protein one. The other ones aren't, aren't very good protein, but as far as a protein source, you know, cow's milk or soy milk, some oatmeal, some peanut butter mixed in and some banana slices over the top. Like Mm -hmm. that's delicious. And that's delicious, a balanced plate, you know, and, and dinner could be, you know, whatever kind of meat and vegetables and and grains. So we had tacos tonight. It's taco Tuesday. That's a staple in our house. Sometimes it's taco soup. It's taco bowls. It's, you know, tacos in a tortilla, whatever it is going to be some kind of Mexican food on Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. 
Alaska does not have great Mexican restaurants. We great Thai food, more Thai restaurants mm. than anywhere else per capita. Um, nice. So amazing Thai food, but just lackluster in in Mexican food. So it was a staple for us to start making. And we found some good recipes. And my best friend in Alaska, um, her family is Mexican. So she like gave me all the recipes, right? Oh so, yes. That's where you go. Yeah. Look so the source, <laughs> we, so now we've got this habit and we know that our kids eat it well, but we doctor it up by adding more vegetables. So maybe I love that like, on taco night, instead of, you know, a, a tortilla with refried beans and meat and cheese. Okay. Well, kids, we're going to do a rice bowl and here's lettuce and tomatoes and olives and sweet mm -hmm. peppers and guacamole and avocado and all of these different things. And we put it out and we let our kids choose, but that's just another way that you can be bringing in fruits and vegetables. Um, so half of your plate fruits and vegetables at any time that you're eating is, is a pretty safe one. That's going to help with hypertension. It's going to help with weight loss. It's going to help with diabetes, all of those things that require a balanced diet, a balanced eat, you know, eating plan. That's the shortcut that I give everybody is, is automatically half your fruits and vegetables. And then also shifting your mindset into what you can be adding into your routine. So mm. a lot of us think, oh, I can't have this. I can't have this. What am I taking away? What am I taking away? What am I taking away? Okay. During Thanksgiving, we traveled and we ate a bunch of Thanksgiving and travel food, right? Cause like, yes. I went to mom's house for Thanksgiving. That's what she did. There's an Amish bakery that we literally have to pass to leave her oh, neighborhood. Yes. So we don't make the rolls anymore. We don't make the pies. Like these ladies kill it. So we happily give them our business <laughs> yes. and we eat all the things, right? But I'm not going to not eat this Dutch apple pie that I get once a year at mom's house. I'm not going to just be like, oh gosh, I can't have pie. No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to up my fruits and vegetables so that mm. I can balance out the fact that I'm going to still eat this pie. And I'm also going to eat a piece of pie for breakfast tomorrow with my scrambled eggs. For every foodie out there that just feels so freed by this conversation, <laughs> that just completely made my heart and my stomach smile because you're absolutely right. We are told this narrative of takeaway, don't eat this, you can't do this, you can't, can't, can't. And, and just shifting it to say, no, just add, just add and, and get balance in, in how your plate should actually look. You can still enjoy those things that you may be holding out for, especially it's holiday season. Look, we yep. are definitely going to post that graphic of what that plate looks like in the show notes for anyone who wants to look at an example and utilize that as you are serving your family. I think that's an amazing resource. Well, and it's so good to think about as moms, right? Of moms of multiple kids and, and military spouses and all the, all the plates we're juggling, right? I can't put myself on a plan that my family's not going to follow. So if true. You make all of your meals at home, ideal scenario, right? Which I am a registered dietitian. I don't make all of our meals at home. Okay. We eat out <laughs> at least twice a week, usually once during the week and on one, one weekend where we actually like go sit somewhere. We have a drive-through during the week and, and eat somewhere, you know, on the weekend. But we, if you eat all seven meals or all seven days at home, three meals a day, that's 21 meals a week that you're in charge of. Okay. So now I'm going to put myself on some kind of plan where I'm meal prepping on Sundays. I'm going to spend half of my Sunday making all of this food. That never works for me. It's, so then never. I can eat my leftover brown rice and chicken all week while my family's eating barbecue and, and Velveeta mac and cheese. Like, no, we need to come up with a plan that empowers us to mm -hmm. have sustainable change. So that might mean bringing more fruits and vegetables into our family's routine, but also that allows me to have my husband's pulled pork or to eat the, the shells and cheese with my family, but I'm only going to get one scoop and I'm going to get double scoops of the veggies 
Cause I already know my kids are going to eat seconds on the Mac and cheese, right? Like they're not going to yeah. leave. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that nourishing your family with sustainable change to where everybody is brought in. Everybody's eating the same things and you don't feel like you put yourself on punishment with this dry chicken and brown rice every day. So yes, absolutely. And when you have that sustainable, you know, habit that you can do over a long period of time. I tell people all the time, small changes over a big time are big changes. When you think about retiring someday, right? That's the, that's the goal for, for everyone. Like at some point I get to live my life and pay my bills, but not have to work like that's, yeah. that's what we're hoping for, but you don't get to retirement because you just wake up one day with retirement funds in the bank, right? You get to retirement because you make little changes all of the time. And those add up over time to where one day you wake up, you have this completely different circumstance where you're yeah. you know, living and not working. It's the same with our health habits. If we make small changes all of the time to where we're consistently getting better. And we do that over a long period of time you know, what if you only lose a half a pound a week? You, you gotta, you gotta lose a bunch of weight and, and you only lose a half a pound a week. Well, a half a pound a week over a year. Okay. That's 25 pounds, right? We do this for two years. That's 50 pounds. That's 50 pounds. that ain't lost. It's banished. We're not going to find it again. Yeah. Okay? There you go. We're kicking it out. So when you're trying to think of different things to nourish your body and different healthy habits you want to do, don't wake up tomorrow. Don't wake up on January 1st and be like, today's the day I'm going to really love brown rice and chicken for every meal. No, it's not. No, <laughs> no it's, it's not. not. You're not going to make it to Martin Luther King weekend. Okay. Nope. Let's, come up with a plan. <laughs> Let's come up with a plan that you can keep up through January, through February, through spring break into the summer. We're still doing that same thing. My nightmare is if I run into one of my clients, you know, in the grocery store and I say, Hey, how's it going? Like, Oh my gosh, it's going terrible. I don't know what to do. Like that's my nightmare because that yeah. means that either them or me, like one of us has not done our job. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but when we come up with those sustainable changes, when we think about adding, you know, half of our plate is fruits and vegetables, what good stuff, quote unquote, good stuff are growing stuff. foods as I call yeah. them, what can we be adding? And that's another thing. When you think about terminology with your family, um, I'm very hardline against good food and bad food. Um, being a Christian food, inanimate objects cannot have moral value. They don't have that's morality right? So yes. if I eat this bad food, I am now inherently bad because bad. I ate a bad food. Mm -hmm. No food doesn't have a moral value and can therefore not make you good or bad. So when you think of, when you just change your mindset a little bit on how you talk about it, growing foods and fun foods. And my kids asked me, mom, why do you need growing foods? I said, well, when you're a grown up, you have to eat growing foods to keep your strength, mm -hmm. to keep your muscles strong, to keep your bones strong. And fun foods gives you the freedom to enjoy fun foods in fun situations. I can have Dutch apple pie at Thanksgiving at my mom's because yes. this is this fun, unusual event that I'm going to enjoy, but also realize that this is what it is. It's a fun food that cannot be the basis of what I'm eating every day, or I am not going to feel very good. Like absolutely oh, Heather, be all bubbly. Like it, it's just not just, a good scenario. <laughs> you are just giving such a wealth of wisdom right now. And I love it because here on hearts and stripes podcast, I'm a huge advocate for um, building a legacy um, while you're finding fulfillment and wealth and wealth being well-being. And you are hitting the nail on the head because with thinking of growing food, fun food, it's something that you can teach to your children. Now you are establishing a legacy of, of eating well, of living well. You're not putting shame 
in there with bad food or good food. Um, this is just really, really good stuff. And I'm excited with how you serve people because you're absolutely right. It's more than just nutrition. It is a mindset thing. It gets people to transform not just their bodies, but their lives. And I am so excited for the work that you are doing. So I do want to ask you, what is your one bit of advice that you could give, whether it be for marriage or for living this lifestyle of nourishing your family, nourishing your marriage? What is your one bit of advice that you would give to our listeners? I would say just to live intentionally, not to be going through your, your marriage, your relationships, your parenthood, your finances, any part of your life without intention. And so for us, for, for my spouse, that means that we are intentional about who we speak about our marriage with, Mm -hmm. you know, you can always have, you know, I go to the gym and I can joke with my girlfriends. Oh, my husband leaves his sweaty gym socks on the floor, you know, right next to the hamper. But it's actually, he does that because I don't want his sweaty clothes in the hamper. He has been banished from putting his gym clothes inside. So he puts them on the floor, you know, but you can have this little, this banter, but when you really have something going on, when you really have a heart issue, when you have a relationship issue, you need to be intentional about who you are letting speak into your life, speak into your marriage and speak into your parenthood. And if you're seeking counsel from people who don't share your values, whatever those are, right. You're really going to have a difficult time finding that support and finding people who keep you aligned with your purpose and with where you want your marriage and your life to be going. So, you know, that's one thing I would say with, with both the way you're nourishing your body is to be intentional about it. When you go on vacation to your moms for Thanksgiving, be intentional about being present and enjoying the pie and, but also realize that we're not going to go home and continue to eat apple pie every day. Okay. Like this, (laughs) right. That's not what we need to do, but also in your marriage, just being intentional all of the time. And on top of being intentional, I would strongly urge um, parents to always put their marriage in front of their parenthood. Um, Somebody told me once that the best thing you can do for your kids is have a strong marriage. And when we make a God, when we make an idol out of our children and our marriage and our life revolves around them, mm-hmm. what happens when they're 18, when they get Ooh. out now, now they've got a nagging mom. Like my boys are not going to want to go to college and want a mom all up in their business. I don't want to be in their business in college. Right. Okay? Like exactly. No, <laughs> we've, we've already talked about how my college experience went. Okay. I don't need to, <laughs> Right. I don't need to be part of that, but also I'm hoping that when my kids get out of the house, like I'm still going to be living with and married to my husband and preferably still like him, you know, it's one thing to be married, but like, I hope I still enjoy being married to him. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I love that. Heather, you have no clue. I've been a big fan since we met in at speak up at the speak up conference for Christian communicators, such a huge fan. I'm so happy that you are able to come on and share, but how are you doing speaking, writing? Um, have you taken the next step? Is there anything exciting we need to look out for? Um, I have a book that I'm in the process of working on. It is for military families, um, special operations families. So it's in collaboration. It's a military special operations family, um, collaborative, and we are working with the Harvard dinner project and putting together a cookbook specifically for families in this season of preparing for deployment or TDY 
enduring it, right? And then also reintegration. This is a big one that a lot of people don't talk about, but um, even for us, reintegration was was a lot harder. Yes. My husband left and we had two babies together and he came back and I've been running the house by myself with two toddlers. Okay. So what we did together with two babies and what I do by myself outnumbered with toddlers is different. Very and so different. we're bringing that mindset of preparing for leaving, you know, being intentional when they're home, um, being intentional when they're gone of, of how to find balance. And then also reintegrating to the family table dynamic. There's a lot of research out there that shows the importance of family meals. And it's not only sitting down at the dinner table with no TV and, and, and the old, you know, 1950s right. thing we think about, <laughs> right. but it's more of that intentional. Okay, guys, we, whatever that looks like for your family, we are going to sit down and maybe it's breakfast for different families, depending on what shifts you're working. Maybe, um, it's lunch, but sitting down and intentionally investing in each other and talking to each other and wanting to enjoy time with each other. And in my program, I'm in my private practice. I actually have an eight week program called stress-free family meals. And I walk families through what works for them. What are the barriers they have? What are generational habits they're bringing into play? What are they doing that is keeping their children from eating well, creating the stressful environment? You know, if I think about going to dinner and and my spouse is just going to be on my case every day at dinner, like, I don't want to go to dinner with somebody who does that, right? No, but we do that to our kids. And so when we create an environment where we give them the freedom to make decisions about their food, when we empower them, when we are teaching them about growing foods and fun foods, and we're setting this example, we're now creating an environment that we can build relationships and that we can have conversations and invest intentionally. So it kind of all comes back to that being intentional in your marriage, in your parenthood, um, in your nutrition, how you're nourishing yourself and just being intentional with what you're doing and who you're letting speak into it. Yes. I am so excited. We will have the links to the book, the program, and how people can set up a time to work with you all in the show notes. Heather, I am just, I was impressed before I was fangirling before, but now even more. So thank you for just giving our listeners so much practical advice and things that they can implement into their marriage, into their lifestyle as it comes as it all comes together with nourishing their marriage and nourishing their life. I love it. So before I let you go, yes, one of my favorite parts of this uh, podcast is our heart tracks. So our heart tracks, I want to know, Heather, what is your heart track for this episode? It can be something that is a part of your love, your love story that talks to your relationship or just your message of having a nourished life. Please tell us what the heart track for this episode will be. Yes. Yeah, so I actually have too, because they're, they're so similar, but they're also, um, it is different topics, you know, with, with your marriage and nourishing your life. Yeah, so let's go. One, we get, we get a bonus guys. I love bonus it today. Um, so one came out four years ago. It's called, um, I like me better by Lauf. Oh, and nice. It, it's such a fun song, but you know, it, it says like, I like me better when I'm with you. And that's true for, for us. And that's what made us stay in that boat was, as hard as it is, like I, I I'm preferable to my husband. I think he's great, but I also like who he makes me, who he yeah. encourages me to be and how he pushes me and the team that we are together. I like that better than I like us apart. So I know it's kind of, you know, a dorky, like uplifting. Song. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but I like me better. So that, that would be for my marriage. And then also, um, there's another one by Lauren, 
Elena and it's called getting good. And, um, it's a country song. It's, it's not very popular. My husband sent it to me. He's like, okay, he's the one who holds me accountable for this, right. Of, of being intentional. And there in the bridge of the song, it says, I wrote it down. So I wouldn't totally screw it up. It says once, <laughs> cause I would just paraphrase and mess it up. It's fine. It says, Learn to grow right where I'm planted. That's when life starts getting good. Mm, that's so awesome. Good. Like being intentional and blooming where you're planted. Um, that's when life starts getting good. Not when your kids get older or you make the next rank or your husband gets out or you leave this duty station, right? Like when you plug in where you are, that's when life starts getting good. Yes. I love that. It goes right back to that intentionality. And that is our bonus. You get to this episode guys. So Go check out our Heart Tracks playlist on Spotify. The link to that will also be in the show notes. Heather, thank you so much for being on Hearts and Stripes podcast. You have just been a true pleasure. Yes, it's been so fun. I'm so glad we got to connect. We we kind of move in the same circles and see each other, you know, in different things, but it's fun to like actually sit down and talk like normal human beings. It's fine. It's We're going to do this more. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. This is Hearts and Stripes. We are the few, the proud, that aim high and are forged by love. Always ready, always there. We are Mill Marriage Strong.